It's Saturday night. While everyone's partying till dawn, two guys are home, alone, and they don't know nothing about anything. It's time once again for No Agenda, where I get to ask if we've reached the bottom yet. From the Curry Condo, in the flight path of the Blue Angels and Gitmo Nation West, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak, at the bottom, in northern Silicon Valley. <laughs> Just sitting yeah. here at the bottom. At the and bottom. by the way, <laughs> it's comfy down here. <laughs> Oh man, how you doing? Saturday night. It's uh, it's nine fifteen. We are losers, dude. I just flew in from Seattle, so I'm flying in from Virgin American, and so I figured I was going to get in a little earlier, but it was an hour delay because somebody in the back of the plane was. Then this is the truth, by the way. Projectile vomiting oh, on, no. on one of the other passengers. Oh. <laughs> it, it was. But did they do an announcement, uh, ladies and gentlemen? We're no, delayed I due to the, the projectile who vomiting. Got puked on, and that's oh, how I found out. God. Well, you, hopefully, you were up front in first class. Oh yeah, class. No, I, yes. I wasn't in first, but I, I couldn't get in. It was packed, but I, I mm. was. I was in row three. Oh. So, so uh, anyways. Uh, uh, Whatever the case was, what the irks, most irksome part is that we took a flight path on the way back that took us uh, west of the Golden Gate Bridge over San Francisco on a very clear day. If it was an hour earlier, I would have had some of the most spectacular photos ever. Yeah, but you know why? That's because they have a temporary uh, restricted area over uh, over all of that for the uh, for the air show. Oh, now I'll never get that route again. <laughs> no. Well, if you fly tomorrow, you might. Oh yeah, I've. Yeah. Now that you man- now that you mentioned that, you're right. I've yeah. never been on that route before. Yeah, I'm sure. Darn. It, I'm sure it, was it had beautiful. to do with a temporary restriction. It was a great view. I know. I was talking to Patricia, and I said because the uh, the the Blue Angels were literally flying past the house here uh, sure. this afternoon, and I'm like holding up the the laptop so she can see it. And, you know, beautiful clear blue sky, and then <laughs> these yeah. planes vibing through. Yeah, it was cool. You didn't go. To, you, you're going to go to the event. You didn't go today. I didn't go today. First of all, because I felt really kind of. Uh, I've had this. You know, this thing's going been going around the office. Uh, this petri dish of ours. But my head was filled with just gunk, and uh, I had a, kind of a sore throat. So I I slept in a little bit. Um, and actually, I I got really inspired and uh, uh, and recorded an almost two hour daily source code. Yeah, yeah. It seems well. There's a lot of good music in it, but it seems like the more I see and the more I witness in uh, around me, the more pissed off I get. And I, really, it's a, it's a great release. I got it like ah, yeah, let it, it is. Out. Let it so, out. So um, anyway, well, so you no, tomorrow, 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 you, you, tomorrow you probably. Yeah, uh, yeah, of oh. course. I'm only I'm getting just the tail end of the. You got to go down and sit down with a big crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to. That's over yeah, by the talk- Presidio, right? Right, and you got to get there early. What and the, then we'll okay. talk about it later. All right, you going to come with me? You want to? No, no, I got. I, no, I'm way behind here. Oh, I mean, maybe. <laughs> oh, gee. So <laughs> that's not how you want your date to to re- respond. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, so we have, we're way backed up here for our fans, if we want to call them that, uh, our listeners with food, uh, our food hangers and drink. on the, the eavesdroppers. Yes. Oh, can I just say, John? By the way, about that, I sat in on a meeting with um, Moody and uh, Jennifer, and uh, actually Steve, I think, was in there. Dude, we are so kicking ass. You know, between all the cross pollination, pollinization we're doing. Uh, with daily source code and no agenda and the tech five top five and uh, what you uh, the excellent promotion you gave on twit the other week and cranky geeks dude we've got our own little mini fox network 
Yeah. We're totally kicking ass. In fact, I turn down advertising. I say, no, no, no. You guys weren't there for us when we were small. <laughs> they weren't. We, we won't do any of your crappy, uh, crappy ads. We got T-shirts to sell. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, by the way, and I want people to know that we're going to have a T-shirt offering. It'll be announced on both the uh, AdamCurry.com or Curry.com and, uh, and the Dvorak blog. Really? Oh, this is yeah. great. This is news. Have you, t- yeah. you talked to Chris Mack? Uh, no, no, Chris Mack, did, he, he doesn't do fulfillment anymore. Oh, but I found another guy who offered to do it for us, and he's going to do the whole thing. He'll set up the store and sell this stuff. Okay. All we have to do is design a couple of shirts. <laughs> All you do is kind of come up with a good idea. <laughs> I got some good ideas. I got one of the, I've, one of my, one of the top ones I want to do, and I've got it designed already, which oh. is, right. I visited Gitmo Nation, and all I got was this lousy t-shirt and a beating. <laughs> and waterboarding. It should be something more like that. Well, you know, I was thinking of the waterboarding, I'm going to do something else, because it, it doesn't ring as nicely as, you know, I could a beating? waterboard. How about, but, I got, you know what? I, all I got I was could, tasered. I could do, we can do like two of them. And yeah. test whether people yeah. want to brag yeah. about being waterboarded or beaten. Or th- how about tased? Do they tase people over at uh, Gitmo? Dude, why don't we just have it? Why don't we just have whatever on the front and on the back? We'll just have "Don't tase me, bro." Okay, something. Well, the back costs more. Money you ever see, you, 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 that's not re- relating to you. Have you never seen that YouTube video of that guy who asked the uh, yeah, John Kerry? Everybody uh, saw that. We right. blogged. Don't tase me, bro. Okay, so anyway, we're behind on uh, both the, the the merchandising. We're behind on three restaurant reviews, or at least two official ones. And then we're also behind on the last debate, which was so crappy. Yeah, when we decided right. not to do a show right afterwards because it was like, who cares? It's obvious now to both of us that these guys are coached not to screw. Oh, yeah, I was afraid this might happen. You there? Yeah. Oh, good. Did you no, lose I, me? I, yeah, for a second. I apologize. I tried to get a, a this hardwired, um, mm. and I've got 180 degrees of glass here. I'm receiving every single freaking Wi-Fi in San Francisco, and they t- oh, see now it's already gone in and out again. Crap! I hate this. It happens at the most inopportune moments. Okay, so let me see if I can get John back here. All right, you're back. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, what was I talking about when you were so rudely interrupted? Well, we, we were talking about the um, about the restaurants uh, that we. Oh uh, yeah, we got. Okay, so we start. Should we start with the re- you know this kind of? We don't want to make this show ten hours long. No, but we have to decide. It's not like we're going to get late or anything. <laughs> Can I? Here's one. I'd just like to throw in there. We had lunch yesterday at the uh, at the steakhouse. What's its name? Acme. Down there. Acme, Acme Steakhouse, and and where you, of course, are the food expert and wine aficionado. I've gotten pretty good at picking out great things on the menu, and I had baby back ribs at Acme Steakhouse, which were unfrickin' believable. This is the place that's at Candlestick Park. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, no, they were delicious. They were uh, they were cooked uh, slow cooked for a really long time, where they were fell right probably, off. They man. were probably bought the way it was reflecting on this dish. They weren't barbecued necessarily because they didn't have a smoke ring or any evidence no. that they would have been red. But they obviously, I think, were parboiled for a long time and then slow cooked, uh, baked, or something like that. They were actually quite good. Uh, my wife does a version of that style, mm. and uh, that's pretty much the way it was. I, I've never it was had it. Tasty. Yeah, I never had it that way, and it literally just kind of like almost yeah. fell fell off the bone it was just it like does, mm-hmm. well, it does well yeah it does nice. in fact it tends to shake it and the meat falls <laughs> off the bone all right but that that was not actually a, a place we went to for review 
No, no, but you know, they, we've always actually had, we've had a number of meals there and it's functional. It's a good little restaurant. Uh, if you want a piece of meat, you know, they got steaks there that are nice. And we had a, an, an ass kicking Zinfandel. Yeah, a, uh, it was one of the it was the anniversary uh, Zinfandel from Geyser. It was the Geyserville Zin. I'm sorry, it was the it was the Ridge Geyserville Zin. I mm. think it was the 2005 2006 one of the two. And it, yeah, the the, the 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 Ridge Zinfandels are always like that. They have that same character. They're very tasty. And I realized at the time when I ordered it that you probably haven't been really acquainted with a lot of these. The style of wine. Well, um, actually, Zinfandel's Patricia and I have uh, used to drink quite a lot of, you know, for, for us, like a, a bottle a month, maybe. Um, uh, but it, the alcohol content seemed a little bit higher. Well, you know, the problem right now with Zinfandel, I think the the, the killer problem with Zinfandels is that they all, they're not keeping the alcohols down. And I think a lot of it has to do with the high-tech yeasts that they're using, hmm. which jack up the alcohol. And in the olden days, uh, <laughs> they used to, you know, when they used to make Zin in the backyards and these, these small wineries, they used to cool off the must by throwing in blocks of ice. Hmm. And actually, when wine is made watered down a little bit in uh, during the process of the winemaking, uh, it, it incorporates the water quite nicely. In fact, I've I've done this with some wines, and people out there who have these really you know like these really dark wines, and you see that the alcohol is fifteen five or something like that. You can uh, put some water in there, like a, like you know like a third water, and you'll notice that. It's, and sometimes it makes the wine taste better, which is weird. But the weird, the absolute weirdest part about it with some of these extremely dark wines for. For those of you out there who like to bluff, you can take one of these blockbuster wines that comes out of the bottle almost black and put about one-tenth of a glass, like the bottom, just a little bit at the bottom of a wine glass, and then fill it up with water. And it looks this, like you've got a glass of red wine because there's so much, you know, the, the wines are so inky that you can, like... You know, look like you're drinking a lot when you're not. And one of the keys to success in parties, I might say, <laughs> is to uh, look like you're drinking, <laughs> but like not you necessarily drinking. I mean, I mean, I go to these some of these events. For one thing, you can't drive around drunk anymore. No, oh, damn, uh, I, was, I hate that. When you were a when kid, you could kid, drive around drunk was, all you wanted, man. That was your good time. Well, I never drove around drunk, but I'm saying that we used to drive around. I used to work a couple of like swing shifter graveyard things, and you had to drive home with these drunks on the road, oh, and they were me. all over the place, and you would just, you know, you, know. you got used to it. When you do either a uh, graveyard shift on the radio or the morning show, the morning show especially, it's like, you know, you, you're going to work at four in the morning, man, that's when the idiots are on the, are on the road. Right. Hey, let me just ask you a question about the Zinfandel. It, it, the, the t it's almost like a sparkly type quality. Where does that come from? A little, you get, sometimes you get a little malolactic taking place in the bottle. It's, that one wasn't very extreme. So it, it's actually a flaw. Hmm. That you can send the wine back if it's too bubbly. You don't want a you don't want a red wine that has any carbonation, natural carbonation, because of a fermentation that takes place in the bottle. With a white wine, it's pretty hard to call it a flaw because some wines are actually designed to do that. Right. Nice. Well, it was a good one. I liked it.
Now it we, was no, it was very tasty. And what I liked about it is that it was a what they used to call, a, at least in the in the trade, a field blend, uh, because in the olden days when people made Zinfandel, you know, for the family or whatever, they had their own little vineyard in the backyard. They did they, they, the blend of the grapes was actually in the vineyard. Uh, they don't they wouldn't pick like you know batches in and then something else and something else and blend them. They were all just mixed up. You'd have a Zinfandel plant next to a Carignan plant next to a whatever. So this and was it, the um, the Acme. Steakhouse Zinfandel, as we had for lunch. It was uh, in a nice quality. The name again and the price, John? It was a uh, it was a Ridge Geyserville Zin, and the price. I think I think it if you went out and like bought this wine, it would be uh, eight probably bucks? around fourteen bucks, no, a little or bit more. Like okay. okay, it's not an expense. It's not one of their expensive Zins. It was good though. Very nice. Very nice for lunch. Now, yeah, no, it's perfect. Um, so at the beginning of my. Um, my stay here in San Francisco, we went to the Ritz-Carlton. Right. And uh, so this is, now we now we believe the chef may, was it a new chef or did he? Well, it, you know, I didn't do any research afterwards, but, you know, the I, I don't know who this chef was, but he he had a couple of techniques that were unbelievably great in the, the way he cooked meat. Uh, and and he had a pork thing that I ordered, which was just astonishing. You you had something that was really good. No, 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 no. It, it was okay, but it wasn't amazing. My problem well, the was pork, the he, pork was. It was all the other stuff that he didn't match he, flavors at all. No, he had the wrong combinations. He had, and it's been so long now, I can't remember. But it was like you know, sometimes you know, like apple and cheese goes together, like peanut butter and chocolate, you know, that kind of thing. And he was trying to make that, but it was falling flat. Oh no! I, I I would say it was one of the it was one of the most disappointing meals I've had in a high end, and I like that place, mm. but it was one of the most disappointing meals I've had in a high end restaurant in six months what or was, a year. What was or funny a is years. you went to, uh, so you had gotten quarters, of course, because we don't valet; we're cheap asses, and uh, you were putting <laughs> quarters into the you were feeding the meter, and I hear and uh, I hear someone ask this uh, kind of like the greeter at the at the main entrance. So I hear someone say, hey, what was all the Secret Service here uh, yesterday? And she says, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. We have to protect uh, the uh, identity of our guests, and I really can't hand out that information. Uh, so we're over talking to the guy at the restaurant waiting for our table, and I say, hey, uh, what was all the Secret Service about yesterday? He says, oh, that was Schwarzenegger. He was here. Yeah, he showed up unannounced. <laughs> like, what a bogus, bogus security. Yeah, well, yeah, that was funny. Now, the other thing that was weird about that restaurant. <laughs> Moving right uh, along. Moving right along. Uh, the other thing that was weird uh, that was the fact that the wine steward, uh, first oh, we ordered, right. I cherry-picked yeah. a wine, which I always do, and people who have been out to dinner with me know I do this constantly. I, I find some winner on the list that's just a killer. That is they don't not available. It. Not available. And, and by killer, it's the right wine at a great price. Right. And so yeah. usually it just stands out like a sore thumb, like, wow. Yeah. So, of course, they're out. So he comes back with a substitute wine thing, and then I, but it was a wine specifically I don't like, and uh, you know, just a wine I don't think much of. And so he comes back with a third wine that he says he'll give us, which is more a little more expensive, but he'll give us at the other price. But he has the decanter at him. What, what it was was the second wine of Cost Dester. No, wait. And he, he said, "Oh, you know, you really should decant this. It's really you shouldn't just." And we're like, "We don't oh, yes, really decant." Because I always say, I always tell you, know, I don't think decanting is necessary ninety percent of the time. And so it's, I think it's, I think it's a it's pretentious, and you know, oh, the guy, you know, John, we never stuff. decant. We're just not like that. We're like the French, man. We just drink that shit almost right out of the bottle. Pretty close. Okay. So anyway, 
But, you know, these places, they got to show off. So anyway, so he's going to decant the wine. But this is a Pagodes de Cos, by the way, if anyone wants to know. It was a 1998 functional wine. Anyway, so the uh, he brings, he goes through this rigmarole, he decants it, and he pretty much dumps the whole bottle of wine in the decanter. There wasn't any sludge in the bottle at all, from what I could tell. And so then he's sniffing and swirling and sniffing, and he gives me <laughs> he the was, wine. He was really doing a whole number. And I'm just sitting here going, uh, luckily I was high as a kite, so that helped. So, so he throws down the glass, and he's you know I, I take one sniff, and I, and of course I made I I probably was acting a little British under your influence, and 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 kind of uh, understated my concern for this wine, which was terribly mm, corked. I think it's corked. Uh, this is not not entirely right, my dear friend. Somewhere no, in. actually, what I said specifically was. Because he'd go, already, you know, checked it out, and most wine stewards would just immediately take the bottle back. And he, 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 he actually gives, he took a sip first. Yeah, and he gives me the wine. I ch- check it out, and I say, <laughs> which is the way to put it, if you want to, kind of, you know, slightly. It's a little so I said down. to him. I said to him exactly this. So you don't think this wine is corked? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You did say that after he had just t- taken the first swig of our wine. So uh, he takes another check of it, you know. And the weird thing was that wine got it got worse. It, wine, it got worse it with really, a minute. Yeah, it took off and became so corked yeah. that it was going to stink up the whole place. Explain to people what that means. Corked wine is a is a is a. Is a there's a chemical called TPA that is in, found in. It's actually it's a weird contaminate that used to only come from corks that were rotting and it tastes and it smells like and tastes like a rotting cork if you can imagine what a rotten cork tastes like and it has a horrible stench and it has a terrible flavor and it kills any of the fruit the wine might have now the thing that's interesting they discovered this uh, actually a french uh, winemaker who's also a chemist discovered some years back i think in the mid 90s that this Product, this chemical TPA, which I don't have the, I can't think of the chemical name for it, uh, it, it seems to show up in in some forms of paint. And so when <laughs> wineries are painted, just the the the, the evaporation oh, of the it just paint gets, gets into the wine, huh? Gets into the wine. Wow. In fact, the 1997 BV Private Reserve here in the Napa Valley, because of something, some, one of these incidents of paint or something like that, uh, the entire batch of 1997, which is one of the great years in California. Bull you sent out a note that if you have any of it, you want to bring it back for a swap, we'll give you something else because, you know, we're sorry. Wow. That's and that was like, travesty. that's a big, big, that's big, a big money deal. Yeah. Hey, now, do you want to do all the restaurants or do you want to talk about something else and come back to restaurants later? Well, I just, I think we should, yeah, let's do the restaurants, get them out of the way, and then people who don't want to listen to our and political crap, yeah. they <laughs> turn it off after we're done. Okay. Now, um, so anyway, where do we have dinner with, next? Oh, you want to okay, so anyway, finish this well, up? Let's just finish this place. Yeah, there, was, right. there was one, you know, I figured after I kind of insulted the wine waiter, he, you know, didn't. No, you were right. Like, you, you were right, because five minutes later, the glass that he had poured for me just was horrible. Yeah. So anyway, so he came back with a good bottle, and we, you know, then he wouldn't talk to us for a while. But then he finally, you know, swallowed his pride and came back and was more friendly. And then, you know, we went through the meal, which was always these weird flavor combinations that didn't work didn't at work, all. No. And then at the end, he turned us on to a Calvados. Yes, you're right. Which is one of the cheapest ones on the list, and I have to go get the name of it or something because it was like I'm not a Calvados guy. 
It was unbelievably great. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. I've never had a Calvados as good as that. There was something good for for a dessert as well. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember. I I'm blanking on the dessert. <laughs> I can't remember. So then, anyway, the next thing we did, we had lunch at Fringal, and it was tasteless, and yeah. I was very oh, disappointed. No, that was, and they do have a new chef there. Yeah, yeah, and, and Fring, I, Fringal I'm is, not sure is, he was working that day, but whatever the case was, it seems like, seems like hey, buddy, you know, salt or, helps or a little. Marinate something for a second. It was just yeah, I, had, no, I had chicken. It sucked. It was just yeah. It was not. It was just a piece of chicken. It was like no, no, uh-uh. no good, no good. So no, I was just disappointed there, and uh, you know, the place has been a little spotty recently. I mean, I have had some really good food there, and oh, we, we've not. had some great lunches there, and I, I was extremely disappointed. I'm wondering whether the chef was working. Mm. A lot of these restaurants, they don't do well with the chef gone. We need to send uh, Gordon Gordon over. Straighten those guys out. <laughs> There's no passion in your cooking, man. And then we went to a, a place that's fairly famous, a newer restaurant in San Francisco that people might want to check out when they're here. Because it's really a very, especially if you're French, this place, every time I go there, I go, God, you know, I could be in Paris eating here. Because it's, it's French, in a, not in like a Frenchy way with a bunch of French posters and things like that. It just has a weird <laughs> French feel to it. And no it. aided Piaf songs either. Right, none of the cornball stuff. <laughs> but it just feels French. If you've been to France enough, you go in there and you go, wow, this place, I don't know what it is. but it's Small, they... very small. Yeah, very small. Say like uh, 50 tables maybe, not even. 30 tables? Not, yeah, something like that. It's called yeah. Quince. Yeah. And I've been there, I think, three times. And... It's a really good restaurant. It got it's one of the first Michelin starred restaurants in San Francisco. Uh, I you liked it a little better than I did. I, I still was I wasn't jacked up. Well, afterwards. we went for the for the for the tasting menu, which is is always kind of an adventure because you're getting a little bit of everything. And I have to say, the way the proportions were set and and you know, just when I was saying, are we getting any more after this? She said, no, this is the last one. And it was like, okay, that's perfect. It was the right amount of food for me. Um, we didn't do the, the, the matching, so you don't get a, um, a specific glass of wine or whatever it is for each tasting menu. We selected our own, which was, uh, was pretty good. What was it? It was a Vacareus is what it was. Actually, yes. though, here's the, I have to give the guy credit because you noticed this immediately and I thought it was, that was interesting. You noticed. Uh-huh. And it was a cheap wine. We're talking about a wine in a first class hey, restaurant for $40. Yeah, you had actually looked at, you were pointing at something that was more like $100 because I, I could see what, you know, so we were discussing the list and then he said, no, 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 you should really try this one. This is good. Yeah, it was like 40 bucks. Yeah, he downsold us. Yeah. And to me, Amazing. a wine steward that downsells you is a wine steward you can trust. Yeah. Uh, and the wine was outstanding because, I mean, this particular wine is usually nothing special. It's just kind of a drinking wine, which, which by the way, when you have a tasting menu, if you take if people out there, if you go for the tasting menu, generally speaking, uh, you, you don't want a wine that overpowers the food. I mean, and it was, right. chefs hate it when people, you know, order, order Lafitte or Rothschild or some killer wine that actually distracts from the art, artistry of their tasting menu. They'd rather have you have something functional that it just, you know, basically washes the food down, slightly neutral, not a bad wine, a good wine, but nothing that you go, so you're not going ooh and ah over the wine all night. You're, I mean, they don't like, I mean, that's not what you're taking a tasting menu for. You should be having a, an inexpensive, functionally, and a good wine with a tasting menu, not some stunning $500 bottle that just blows your head off. <laughs> 
Anyway, that's a little good. tip. It was good. I can't quite remember. I, I I remember the every single dish I liked, but I don't really remember them. Yeah, you know, this it just takes too long. There was too many. There were too many pasta starchy dishes for my taste. Hmm. There was a spaghetti thing that had some pieces of meat in it. I didn't like that. Yeah, I like that. The soup was good. There was oh, a the soup, crab soup. The, oh, the Dungeness crab soup was outstanding because it, it, it was, didn't it didn't have any. Like crabby taste, you know, no, no seafoody taste. It was just no. It was really good, fantastic. And then at the end, there was some sort of a meat dish of some sort. There was a, you know, skirt steak or a hanger steak or something like that, cut into small slices. It was actually quite nice, and uh, or it was a actually it was a fattier cut. I can't remember, but anyway. And then they had uh, uh, um, some some nice desserts. It was a good. It was a good. It's a good place for people to check out. And it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, overly expensive either. And it no. wasn't wasn't cheap, no. but it, but you know the uh, the what's it the uh, the Ritz Carlton was it the Ritz? Yeah, yeah, that was more expensive. Yeah, and it probably was uh, less satisfying. Half as except good. for the except for the Calvados, which is whoa. Yeah, but you know that you can't live on Calvados alone. No, you can have that at the bar. You don't have, you can have to eat there. <laughs> oh wow! So now are we having uh, we're having one more dinner before I leave Monday? You're leaving on Monday. Uh, no, I'm leaving on. Uh, no, we're eating on Monday, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where are we going? Uh, there's a, there, you know, it's a new place. It's called something like I, I actually can't remember the name of it. It's right. like it's got some three letter name. We're going to be adventurous. Uh, yeah. Well, this place I've seen it, it crops up in the conversation every so often, and then I, I think you know I should check this place out. We're going to go up to Cyrus. Up in Healdsburg, which is one of the great restaurants in California, but it just seemed like too much of too much work. And um, so we'll we'll do this place. It's, it's called Ida or Isa or something like that. I'm looking for the. I uh, should know the name off the top of my head, but you know, I just you know, as, as guys are very experimental, everything's going to be kind of avant garde. Oh boy, this fusion and it's, it, it it gets a lot of good reviews. You're not going to leave me with a literally with a bad taste in my mouth. Isa ISA is what it's called on Steiner Street. Is that it? Yeah, I'm looking at the. Uh, that's pretty cool. We, we use uh, OpenTable.com. Yeah, you that get works. points. Now, there's an interesting thing about Open Table. You get like a hundred points every time you book. What are these points for? I don't know. Can I, you can you uh, win? They've a bike? never shown me a, a list of, of teddy bears or anything I can get for all these points or a free meal. <laughs> a bike, I mean, or, man. Or, or, we're gonna we're gonna save for the bike. I mean, I don't get what these points. They said you've now got four thousand points <laughs> with the so banana saddle. So what? <laughs> One of those uh, choppers. <laughs> <laughs> what am I getting for these points? <laughs> I'm always baffled by that. Fantastic. And the weird part about it, because they give you these points, whatever they mean, <laughs> is that you... Uh, you There's got to be these, something. I'm, they have these occasional... I only did this once, so I got a 1,000 points, because sometimes it's 100 points of a reservation, but <laughs> if there's a special deals. If you go to some restaurant that's about to go out of business, they'll give you a 1,000 points. <laughs> oh, know. there's incentives. I get it. <laughs> there's incentives, but it's like, for what? Uh, you get the biggest kick out of that. Uh, we got to figure that out. What those points? Uh, hold on, let me see. Uh, maybe we should ask them. Well, wouldn't wouldn't you expect it to be on the website? Well, I you know I never really paid much attention to. It. I just go in there. By the way, for people out there who are concerned, <laughs> there's a uh, kind of a belief that there's a back door. Oh yeah, on the open table. Yeah, you've told me about this. Yeah. Um, so if you're doing if you're doing a con if you're doing some sort of a merger or acquisition, book it through your secretary directly. Yeah, not through. Do and, yourself and, a favor. And don't let her use uh, Open Table either. 
Right. When you've earned enough points to exchange for a dining check, spelled with Q-U-E, the option to redeem points will appear on your My Profile page when you log in. Simply click Redeem Points to place your order. Most yeah. dining check requests are processed in fewer than three weeks. Please allow six weeks for delivery. For security reasons, dining checks are sent in plain white envelopes. So watch your mail to ensure yours isn't accidentally discarded. <laughs> Please note, what this is like a CIA outfit, What's man. the minimum points you need to get a dining check? Well, it doesn't tell you that. Yeah, right. And by the way, yes, under the FAQs, dining points will expire. My oh, goodness. please. Yeah, that's bullshit. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. It's still convenient. So, um... Well, there's a lot we could talk about right now. Well, I'm going to kind of leave it leave it to you because I've got an answer to everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you invested in gold, which was smart. Thank you. In uh, fact, I, I I bought some more. Um, oh God! Yeah, I told you like Monday. Yeah, like Monday, I bought more. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. I think that. I think we're at rock bottom. Although I have a bet with my one of my broker friends in Massachusetts, who actually owns a brokerage, uh, he's saying six thousand. And the bet, I, my bet is that the market is going to hit fourteen thousand before it hits six thousand. And he, and when the market was at ten five and just getting a little flaky, that's when he, I, you gave the idea about the. Or he says, I think it's going to hit six thousand. Well, I think it's going to hit fourteen before it hits six. I'll bet you a hundred bucks. And then he's the renege. He wouldn't do it. He was chicken. Mm. But now that it like bounced off seventy eight hundred or something, you know, and can kind of rebound it. He's now he's big shot. So he's gonna. Be, he took the bet finally. I, I, I can't see it going to six. Well, it's possible, I, uh, but I'd well, be shocked. I'm not quite sure what you base that on because, of course, uh, no one uh, has any information. Apparently, just looking at CNBC half the day. But I think <laughs> it, I think it'll go to seventy five hundred this week. I, I I think that is totally where. They're going to keep the bottom for a while, um, but they have to shock some more. Uh, nah. th this is, th you, you know, my theory. This is completely controlled demolition of the financial system, and I'm, I'm happy to explain that more. But yeah, I, I think you this, know what you I could probably ex explain it. Uh, you could really. I think Daily Source Code, ladies and gentlemen, you should listen to his show, Daily Source Code, where he's going to explain that. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so I so I think uh, six thousand is uh, absolutely possible. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, I so think it's very possible. Of, I mean, this guy's a professional in the business, and he agrees with you. So the thing that just blew me away, you know, we talked about. Um, I don't know. Did we talk about it last week? We talked about Iceland, about them, about the country basically going bankrupt. I think we did. No, I, I don't think we did. And the thing is, like, well, I'm reading these stories. I mean, there are a bunch of these Iceland going bankrupt stories. Going bankrupt? What do they do there? <laughs> they were in the banking business. That's what. The, it's only three hundred thousand people that lived there. They were all in the banking business. But check it out, man, because they had high interest rates. Everybody, including all these government services, all the counties in the UK, and it's also um, I just read in the Netherlands, so I'm sure we'll hear about France and other places, including the the London Metropolitan Police had fifty million pounds stored there because of the high interest rate. All those funds are frozen. And then Prime Minister Gordon Brown comes out and says, hey, you know, I'm invoking the terrorism rule on you guys. It's like, it's like, it's, what? Yes. He said, I'm freezing all assets. Everything that has to do with Iceland is now considered uh, a terrorist threat.
He invoked. What? Yes, he invoked the this terrorism is like, this law. This is like using Rico for just anything, you know, some, yes. some women's sewing Yes, club. I'm telling you. Now I understand. Oh, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I got it. I'll, sh I'll shoot you a link. No, it's, it's, it's from the BBC. It's fucking crazy. Unbelievable. And this is why they wanted that Lisbon Treaty all set up before October. Surprise, surprise. God bless Ireland. Good luck getting anything done now. Well, you know, it's all... Yes, good... Ireland, we yeah. love you. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. They're they're standing strong. They're holding back on this. This is this is nuts. You can't have... You know, so, so, so immediately, you know, the IMF and the World Bank show up, of course. These guys, look at them. If you see them on C-SPAN or anywhere else, they're all smiling because they're like, yeah, we do this all the time in Africa. Now we're going to do it to the fucking United States. Hey, you want a loan? Hey, Iceland, you want a loan? Yeah, if you if you default on the loan, of course, we'll take your firstborn. So Iceland says, nah, screw you guys. And they go to Russia. <laughs> Politically, this is this is out of control. Is that what the Icelanders did? They they asked for a four billion euro loan from Russia. Uh, and they said the, the IMF and the World Bank said, no, thank you. We hate we don't like your conditions. You know, which means, you know, of course, they'll take all the mineral assets, they'll own it, whatever Iceland yeah, has. Yeah, right, some scam. Yeah, what they've done in Africa all these years. Economic hitmen style, that's what's happening. Yeah. And so now we have all the uh, the G7 financial uh, ministers uh, meeting. Uh, tomorrow, the, the EU financial ministers meet. And the predictions, and this actually, Silvio Berlusconi said this... Um, I think it was yesterday, and he retracted it a couple hours later. He said, you know, the financial markets are all going to shut down for a couple days or maybe a week uh, while we figure it all out and, of course, basically rewrite the rules. It's been done before. and uh, But it's funny because he immediately retracted that statement. So, no, 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 it's just something I heard on the radio. No world leader actually said that. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> what Oops. a bonehead. Oops. You can just see the red phone ringing. <laughs> you bald Italian shit. Be quiet about that. What are that. you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, you dipshit? And, uh, and, you know, so then, of course, uh, they'll, uh, fix the whole system. Emphasis on fix. Dude, we, we can now borrow our own money at interest. <laughs> this is so cool. You know, so our tax money goes into the banks and then the banks will lend it to you. For, for a fee. <laughs> it's nuts. Am it's I, genius. Am I, am I, yeah, of course. For the people who own the world. Oh, man. Well, the Iceland thing is fascinating me because I guess there's some billionaire there who screwed things up. And, you know, I've been to Iceland. I think I, I've been there They overlevered, John, they overleveraged. That's They did what everyone else did except... Yeah, they got suckered. Yeah, of course they got there suckered. Was a, by the way, there's a funny article with some, one of these banking groups. It, was, it wasn't the IMF. It was some some other big overseas groups. And they ranked all the banks. This is blogged, by the way, on Dvorak.org slash blog. Look it up. Anyway, they ranked all the banks in the world. And Canada came in number one because they didn't buy into any of this crap and we're uh, britain came in 44 and we ah, came in 40 that makes just sense so we came in 40 yeah and and the you know i like i said great britain came in 44th but we came in 40 just below namibia the <laughs> namibians have a better banking system than we have what is wrong with this picture well, I think they're rolling it all up, man. They're all rolling it up into one system. They're going to rewrite the rules, and it'll be based on carbon credits. We have a, 
We have a, one of the bloggers, uh, one of my editors on the Dvorak.org slash blog, Dvorak Uncensored site, mm-hmm. had, has picked up on the, uh, over this weekend, there's a rumor going around they're going to try to make an international banking system of some sort that works better. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's what, isn't that what I just said? Yeah, that's what you just said. Yeah. That's what you've been saying for a while. Yeah, and it'll be based on carbon credits. I read those 451 pages, John, and it, while the media is like, oh, there's wooden arrowheads, blah, 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 blah. If you actually look into this thing, oh, man, it's it's just hand it all over. Go ahead. Go make it. They're gonna they're just going to make up one banking system. It'll all be rolled carbon up credits. at the top. What? Carbon credits. What a scam. Yeah, but that's what it's going to be. It's already in this bill. They're setting it up. And because Think about it. You know, gold, of course, we know won't work anymore because there's, there's probably not enough gold to cover all the crap, all the paper that's out there. So if you take carbon credits, you can set a random number and say, you know, that's the limit. We can't have any more. Just have the IPCC draw up some stupid, uh, stupid document and we'll all buy yeah, it like idiots. Have Al Gore do a video clip and we'll go along like stupid sheep. And you know who one of the guys behind it? If you there's a, it's floating around, you can anyone out there can check it out. Which is the uh, George Soros uh, being interviewed by? Uh, Excuse me. How uh, how long how long have I been telling you that George Soros is in is in this whole game? You've always this is one of your themes. Yes, thank you. I never denied that he's got some influence. <laughs> some influence. So All he's right. on the bill. Bill Moyers, who's, you know, Bill Moyers, uh, who's this character that, I mean, he's like an interviewer that is like, I, I have mixed feelings about him. He gets good people, but he's always so like, you know, kind of befuddled by everything. In fact, most of the people in the media, when it comes to like, if you even bring up, you know, default credit swaps. What's that? I don't understand. They don't get it. They don't know. They don't want to know. Anyway, so so Soros is on Moyers, and he's like going on and on and on, and be good, you know. So it all sounds pretty good, you know, because he sounds like he's got a gri- grip on it. And then, and then, here and then he turned he into comes. a reptile. Carbon credits. <laughs> Carbon credits. Exactly. There you go. The international what banking a scam. system. I mean, this is like this is trading. This is just completely. It's, to me, it's like baffling how it's talk about the emperor has no clothes. There's no such thing. I mean, carbon credits. Dude. It's like a total control freak thing. It's ridiculous. And people love this. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me do my part to save the world. Yes. I can. You know, when carbon you, footprint. When you, I want to reduce my carbon footprint. When you book EasyJet, right, which is the website is easy. The flying is easy. But the prices are getting out of control, of course, you know just general commodity prices, et cetera. But you've got, you know, you buy a ticket and you get all these extra, you know, uh, taxes. And then it actually says they have the, after you've booked, you know, oh, I only have two suitcases, so there'll only be 24 pounds. Then they have the audacity to say, hey, you know, you can reduce all of your carbon uh, usage on this flight. Uh, that'll be another 50 pounds. And you can, and, you, and they're actually taking your money right there. They'll, say they'll take it as carbon credits. Unbelievable. And people I think do we that. Need to start an, I think you, I, and a few investors, we need to start Green Jet. <laughs> green Jet. That's right. Green Jet. When we're at 37,000 feet, we turn off the engines and we coast. <laughs> we coast. <laughs> There's no reason to keep the engines going. It's Fuck a fraud. No. As long as you get up high enough, we can just coast that fucker all the way down. No problem. Green Jet. Green Jet. Come float the friendly skies. Coast into credit. <laughs> Uh, coasting for carbon. Yeah, just there have like go. no aisles. Yeah. So, you know, 
This, but this, so, this is okay. this is totally the whole thing. I'm so convinced of it. Scam. But we're falling for it, man. It's a scam. We're being scammed. The whole everyone's being scammed. We are, we know that. So let's let's get to the debate and try to get see what we can come up with. All right. Now, are you downloading something because you're breaking up a little bit? No, I'm not downloading anything. Hmm. As a matter of fact. Oh shit. No, no it's good. Enough. But you know, I have a browser open on the other computer. Let me go turn it off. Yeah, please do that. And uh, it won't help. Yeah, that's it's. But it's funny because I've you know. So the signal has dropped out twice during uh, during the show, and I know that's the problem on my end. But now I have full signal. There's usually not a problem. I'm not downloading anything. I don't think. Uh, I was looking at. Uh, well, you know, people should. Uh, I mean, it's always possible that that somebody's latched on. You know, some some a you know some person is latched, somehow. I, I've got pretty good uh, encryption, so it seems unlikely, but it's always possible that somebody outside. You know, is, on my is doing, yeah, or on mine. Or on mine. It could be mine too. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I'm in a in a huge apartment building. So maybe the yeah. maybe, maybe that milfy neighbor is she's downloading porn again. Ah, I'll get you. Yeah, let's talk about that neighbor. You know, I have not seen her uh, since uh, you know, that, you, since that have, one have time. You been t- have you talked about her on Daily Source Code? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, for people that listen to the gist to this show, Adam has a next door neighbor, and his and he lives in this condo thing in San Francisco. It's one of these fancy buildings, you know, with a guard out in front, and BMW is coming in and out, and a few Bentleys kind of thing. Hold on, and, hold on, hey John, uh, hold so on, this hold, neighbor. Hold on a second, hold on a second. This connection is too is just getting too shitty. Let me just call you right back. It'll be worth it. All right, All right, all right. Oh man, I hate that so much with the passion. All right, let's try this again. Okay, uh, we're back. You were talking about you were going to talk about my milfy uh, neighbor. Yeah, you know the I, my connection. By the way, I'm going to have to discuss this with my. Uh, it was on your end this uh, time. There was something really weird. I think so. I, I'm, I'm getting according to this thing 1.6 megabits down, as opposed to 16, which I normally get. Mm. And I can't figure out what the deal is. Because this isn't working right here on the whole place. Unless there's somebody, unless something, you know, I was gone for a few days, I turn off the modem, and next thing, maybe it doesn't come back to life, right? I don't know. Well, it sounds yeah, okay now. So neighbor. Don't mess with anything. Yeah, and, and she's beautiful, but I have not seen her since uh, that well, one quick conver- conversation we had where she she was like, oh, I work two hours a day for Obama. And uh, I know she could see it in my face. The the, the the look of disappointment. Well, <laughs> for two hours a day for Obama. Yeah, and, and she, you should have said, said I like that guy Obama. No, even I'm not that sleazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I, I just yeah, knew Obama I, rocks. I knew I, <laughs> I, I'm so stupid. Of course, I, I, the going through my head is like, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't get into it. Because usually I'll say, oh, I, I hate both those guys. I hate uh, McCain and Obama. You know, this is a total sham. I'm like, don't get into it, don't get complicated. And by then it was too late, you know. <laughs> but you're right. I should have totally said, man, he's he's the bomb. He's so the bomb. He's the bomb. I want. Can you want to come over to, my, yeah. over to my place and I'll show you my Obama posters. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours, holy mackerel! Oh, by the way, oh by the way, this is so funny. This, you may have blogged this, but it showed up on the drop.io slash no agenda. Apparently, um, you know, so there, there's early voting, and in upstate New York, on the ballot, uh, 
Oh, absent. This is actually ab- uh, absentee voting. Uh, a whole slew of uh, ballots went out, and you could choose the name Barack Osama. What? Exactly. That was the name? Yeah, instead of Barack Obama, it said Barack Osama. Well, that sounds corrupt. <laughs> On the ballot. I love it. <laughs> Good move. That's the best that Republicans can do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so funny. Osama. Okay, well, let's talk about the debate. Um, well... I mean, I've I, I, I've talked about this on Daily Source Code. I can I can be really you know short. It's just the thing. So it was a, l- a lousy TV show. Um, it was a stupid set. They yeah. promised us a town hall meeting. Well, that was bullshit. It was a it was a oh. it was a set with with bleachers. There wasn't even like a fake. Yeah, they could have least in a faux kind of like capital looking building type set. They could have done that with some arches and made it look you know a little different. And now I mean because. You know, this is McCain's thing, and not not again. Not that I give a shit who wins because both of them are run by evil people. Um, yes. But um, it has been pretty funny to see how um, David Letterman and uh, John Stewart have have made a lot of fun of that debate because they it was pretty prone to video editing and doing some cool stuff with it, particularly mccain roaming around while obama was talking they got some isolated cameras and said doing some funny stuff but otherwise it was just it was pretty boring although i will say i thought it was interesting that john mccain said and this is more not so interesting about what he said but about the the public's reaction he said you know wouldn't you want your your mortgages to be bought up and then you know sold back to you at a at, at a at a better rate on a 30 year and the the mainstream media picks this up as what an idiot. How can he say something stupid like that? And people start repeating that. And I'm thinking, you know, that's actually not a bad idea. Actually, Soros had a similar idea, which is kind of the irony of that. So I'm sure the mainstream media is like confused now. Oh, wait a minute. Soros says it's a good idea, too. Well, maybe we're, let's just stop talking about it. Well, <laughs> Yeah. No, it's just horrible. I mean, the mainstream media is just really, it's just it's deteriorated. There's but not anyway, a single, the, single program or station you can watch where you're actually getting any information. So I thought it was interesting that Obama had this stylish way of sitting with his suit on. He looked yeah. like he was in GQ, GQ. for a photo yeah. shoot. Yeah, he looked hot, totally. A big smile on his face. <laughs> I like that. No, he was good. He he, he definitely had that whole. Uh, you know, there were bar stools or some, something like that. And he felt now, very, com- a co- yeah. very comfortable. He, <laughs> let me talk, mention a couple of things that I noticed that, that I wrote. I have this big giant box that I've written all these notes on. Okay. And the reason I did this because it was going to be well, you know, if you take a big box. By the way, this is a tip then, for people out there. Then you won't. Are, then you uh, won't lose your notes. Is that what this is about? <laughs> He got it. <laughs> yep. I got this big, huge You're box. So I can show sad. it to you. I can take a picture. I of it. believe you. Please do but that. A, well, hey, what can I say? Take a, you know, take Time a, flies, you know. Take a picture of uh, of your of your workroom anyway. I wouldn't mind seeing that. My note. Write that on your box, oh, okay? And, and actually, yeah, the, I, I anyway, took some so notes I got too. this box. Yeah, but see, I would have lost the notes if they were on paper. Mm. But the big box is like laying around the house, and I was like, "Yo, this box." What's this fucking box? It. Oh yeah, I remember. All right, <laughs> it's got notes on. Unless you wouldn't, I got most of the sides covered. But anyway, so okay. 
So, so both these guys are kind of boneheads, but my favorite is Obama. Well, I have a lot of favorites, but one of them, I'm going to start with some of the notes on this box. I actually wrote too many notes. Obama's going on spending time talking about Kennedy, Roosevelt, and doubling the Peace Corps. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to yeah. double the Peace Corps. Yeah. Say, hey, buddy, I thought you're supposed to be the future change. This is like, you know, <laughs> they, go back to the, the 60s. The Republicans have a. The Republicans have a good point about him looking backwards all the time because that's what he's doing. Kennedy, Roosevelt, the Peace Corps. So, um, okay, so you got, you got a little note. I'm going to spend time and blah, 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 define spending, $6.8 billion in savings, overhead project. Oh, The overhead projector, uh, yeah. The overhead projector story. And Obama kept um, saying, look, you know, look. You know, look, you know, I don't like, I don't look, like it when know. people do that. Just don't, that's condescending. Look, hey, you, look. you slave, look. look, look, look at me when I'm talking to you or I'll tase you. Uh, somebody said living high on the hog. I didn't make a note who it was. McCain mis, I got mishandled the small business tax deal. He screwed it up because they, you know, they could harp on that. Here's the, here's the thing. Uh, Obama says something about, and I think I wrote this up in a, in a piece. Obama went on about, you know, nobody's going to have to pay more, you know, for people making over $250,000 and this and that, you know, are going to. Uh, this is definitely you falling away here, John. The fact of the matter is all small businesses make about a quarter or over a quarter of a million dollars a year. And the way the taxes are done, that's kind of what you, that's your tax. It seems like a your lot of money, but it's, it's not a lot of money does. anymore. Two hundred fifty grand is not, not for a not, small business. It's no, not when you got no. payroll. Not at all. And McCain dropped the ball on it because he's never run a small business. Obama's never run a small business. None of these guys have. Nope. So they, you know, basically going to soak everybody. Uh, so the small business guys are going to have to raise prices, and it's just going to screw the middle class that he's trying to fix. Anyway, I thought that was, but but, but McCain did, had said nothing about it. He let it go roll. There it goes. There's yeah. an opportunity shot. But also, John, and, and here's he, another note I made. One, one second. These you know these guys are tired. You know they're just reading the script at this point because this you know this it is a rock show. They're all over the place. They're flying all over the country. That you know there's there's it's a very very irregular life. It is it is living on the road. It's like being a rock star. These guys are tired, man. They just no wonder they're missing stuff. This is an outrageous performance they're giving, really. Yeah, it's like they're they're over the hill, both of them. They suck. By the way, I want to mention something here for everyone who likes to listen to right wing talk radio. Uh, I got the biggest kick in one of the guys who made this flaw, and I think they've all pretty much done it. But uh, a lot of the strategists too. And the the one I'm pointing the finger at here is Rush Limbaugh, who does, and he, but he's not the only one. It's it's like. And the argument goes like this. Look, Biden made all these really good attacks on Obama. And Hillary had these fantastic things that she had brought up against Obama, why he should lose and what was why you shouldn't vote for him. You sh why isn't McCain t picking this up and going with this, you know, with these great arguments that these two people made? And the first thing that comes to my mind is, hey, those guys lost with those arguments. Yeah, exactly. Going the negative thing isn't working. It just does not work. People are sick and no. tired of it. They really no, are. They could, right. Yeah. And and when either one of the candidates, because I did watch CNN this time, when either one of the candidates goes all patriotic, you know, boom, people just love it. Nationalism, boing, boing, spike in the charts on both sides. Yeah, nationalism's in. 
I'm so but afraid. But apparently neither one of them get that. I really, I just for the country's sake. I mean, Obama's... Sake, I was going to say, just for the country's sake, I really hope Obama wins. I really do. I mean, I don't want to either. <laughs> Why? Because, you know, if he loses, oh, man, we're going to have, it'll be riots. It's going to be messed up. I see the hatred. I see that. I feel the tension. Please, I want him to win. And then I can just, you know, every day I'll have a new show. And I say, well, he lied about that. Oh, gee, he's not going to do that. Oh, well, look, we're yeah. still at war. Oh, look, you know, oh, the economy's still shit. You know, it'll, it'll be a lot more interesting. Uh, and it will be a lot, you know, then maybe that rage will be converted into something else so we, when they find out that he's just a front man and a shill. Yeah, well, that's what you know, Brzezinski and, and Soros and those guys will be running the country. Yep. So we're raping it. Yep. Um, I thought it was weird that, that well, let's face it, McCain is losing this election because he turns out to be a weak candidate. He, he doesn't look good on television. He doesn't present himself well. He's doing a crappy job. I mean, it's not that he can't win, but it's like, you know, maybe this thing is rigged so he doesn't win. Well, so that that's the real question, So he comes course, up with is, his... Is the voting machines, you know, and all that. I mean, that that's where... It maybe it doesn't even matter. Maybe it's just academic, dude. I have no trust. You're calling me dude a lot. Did you notice that? Don't tase me, bro. Let's see here. An elegant walking. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The other thing is in this town hall meeting, which was hardly that, uh, McCain looks terrible wandering around. He's like he's going to, you know, because it's not like a close, intimate thing. He's like walking. He looks like a robot because yeah. he's so beat up from the, yeah. you know, his days. And, and you know, Obama's kind of slick and he's moving around. Yeah. So I thought that was bad. That didn't look good. Again, well, you know, Soak again, it's rich. It, what uh, what McCain is good at, and I have seen it uh, more on C-SPAN than anywhere else. You know, when he when he's in a crowd, and the, and obviously there's no opponent there, but he, when he's in a crowd, he, you know, he really he works the audience. He's great. But this wasn't an audience. It's like half, you know, it was, it was a stacked audience. They had all preset, pre pre configured questions. Everyone knew what was coming, and they just everyone sat there and read the script. In fact, Tom Brokaw at the end said, "Dudes, get out of my way! I can't read the script." Oh, damn it. I got this really good quote here, but I, I only have part of it, but I don't remember what it was a reference to. But Obama said one of the dumbest things ever about the Internet. Right? I'm going to have to make an. No, it wasn't about the Internet because uh, it was something else that predates the Internet. And it was the stupidest thing he's ever said. Ah, oh, man. Well, he, did, he had a. OK, well, I'm going to have I'll, to do I'll, a search I'll, on the whole. I'll help you. Maybe uh, maybe I'll trigger something. So, um he okay, this be is before the internet. It was something that there was a reference to something, some technology, but it wasn't. Well, no, what he said, it, the bonehead thing I heard was it started out just like a research project. That's what got all the. That's what made the personal computer, and it was made as a government research defense project. And what he meant was uh, the internet, but he said computers. Okay, well then he said it this way because I got the exact quote, and it may have been about computers, and it wasn't a. It was the following. Invented by government scientists for defense purposes right. so we could better communicate. Oh, this is it. This is the invention of the commu the, the original computer, yeah. uh, the Univac, the thing in 19, you know, during the war. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, that's what it was. Yeah. So when the first computer was invented, uh -huh. 
which is arguably in 1930 or 1940, depending on what, what timeline you want. He said the following, invented by government scientists for defense purposes so we could better communicate. It wasn't about communication. It was about, about uh, calculating uh, artillery shells and other things. The computer wasn't used for communications until there was networking, which took a long time to develop. So this was just bull. Yep. That sounded good. So he essentially, you know, I've noticed this with this guy. He makes it up as he goes along. Yep. He sounds good. He reminds me of like my kids when they were like 12. You know, they just say, you know, <laughs> stuff off the top of their head as though it was true. I love it when he. And ex- that really bothers me about this. I love character. it when he explains, when he does all the numbers about it'll be $2,500. And if you're making less than $250,000, John McCain wants to, to tax your rebates. For the first time, you're going to tax this. And you're like, huh? And my, my, my eyes are rolling and my head is swimming like, and now am I getting that good deal or not? I don't understand that anymore. And he did the, uh, I think he uh, did the, maybe it was McCain, the three, you know, we have uh, 3% of the world's oil. We use 25%. Oh, I hate this. This, this, I've been getting some email on this. I hate this bullshit. I can't believe that they get away with it. We have 3% of the oil reserves and we use 20, and we're the 25, we use, we're, we're, we use a quarter, we're the, uh, we consume 25% on a yearly basis. That 3% of the oil reserves could represent a hundred years of use for us. But it doesn't, but it's like the way they structure it, it's a bogus, specious argument. It just galls me every time I hear it. Well, but most people can't get past the voting uh, numbers on American Idol, John. That's the problem. That, this is, this is the type of numbers we understand. Ah, okay. Got more votes. Got it. I got two to two to one. <laughs> Maybe if I text, I can change something in the world. You know, most people didn't. They never bring up the fact, by the way, that coal. We're the Saudi Arabia of coal in the United States. We have enough coal. Forget all the alternative energy stuff. We have enough coal if we just use that to power the country, which would include everything for, for the next three hundred and fifty years. And there's a lot of clean coal technology now that is uh, is really really good. And, oh, there's tons. And, and has a very high carbon credit rating. Uh, but it seems like McCain took a, <laughs> McCain took another donation from the Nuclear uh, Association. My goodness, he yeah, was, really, well, he was so rolling out plant after plant. Yeah, it was pretty. I was wow. We're sitting on so much coal. You know, we could make, make electric cars and do that whole thing with, and it would with actually, the coal that we and have. And it would actually create For jobs. For 350 years, how much longer do you want? And it could create jobs. I'm sorry, what? It could create jobs. Yeah, it would. It could be huge. So um, you were harping because we did talk right after the uh, right after the debate. We had a quick chat, and you were harping about uh, the handshake thing, um, where Michelle Obama didn't uh, shake anyone's hand, and John McCain tapped. Oh uh, yeah, Obama. but you know, Michelle. You know, I got a blog that. Well, maybe you don't want to. Uh, Michelle Obama was on John Stewart's show, and by the way, outstanding performance. She did a great job. And uh, she said, "Oh, yeah, that, that was mm. that was really overblown." She, and she, actually, she was she did a whole junk, and she was on Larry King. You know, she's hitting all the all the all the shows that matter. And um, she said, "You know, we had already greeted each other backstage, and uh, you know, we had already exchanged our pleasantries." Um, so, you know, with that context, it's like, okay, you know, they probably weren't aware of the top shot that the camera was, although stupid if they aren't, but they weren't thinking about it. And uh, so, you know, I think that was just an incorrect perception. 
Okay. I'll take her word for it. I'm not going to... It I, makes it easier. I, I got to tell you, I like her. She is. She's a, a little powerhouse, though not little actually. She could probably sit on me. She's huge. She's huge. She's, huge. she's, she's, bigger, she's huge. bigger than uh, than Obama. Oh, she's twice the size. Of, she's gonna. Be, she must weigh twice as much as Obama does. No, but he's taller, and he's and he's not Obama. short. No, he's like six one. Yeah. No, she's she's taller. Like whoa. Oh, she's a basket. She's like a yeah. Big girl. So I thought this was a funny line from from McCain. I, I, I'm sorry I missed that. Thing oh, can with, I just uh, say one more thing about, I know, about she sent me a text about, message. One more thing about Michelle. Um, because John Stewart, I, I love this. He brought it up. He said, um, you know, what was that thing with all those kids and the, uh, you know, the, of course that's the video we referred to a couple of times done by Hollywood insiders with us hypnotized kids who were saying, you know, Obama's here to save the world, whatever the hell they were singing. And her response was quite interesting. I'm sure you can find it somewhere on the YouTube or Hulu or whatever. She said, oh, yeah, no, we shut that down really quick. I was like, whoa. Well, they they have a clue. Yeah. These Hollywood guys are the boneheads. Yeah, indeed. Okay, I'm sorry. You know, they think they're doing somebody a favor when they're screwing them. (laughs) So, uh, here's the, the McCain line. Everything I learned was from a chief petty officer. Oh yeah, right. Thought that was interesting. And then, uh, what did Obama say? He had he had a good line. He's or it was a uh, what do you not know that you still have to learn? Or and he said, well, right up there is Michelle. She knows everything. I mean, wow, that was so good. Yeah. Well, I you know I get unfortunately I believe that Obama won that debate. Oh, totally. And here's another thing I didn't like McCain doing. McCain constantly saying my friends in that kind of kind of patronizing manner. And then he also you know, kept throwing in that old sales trick, which it doesn't even work anymore. And it sounds terrible. Like, for example, if I'm talking to you, Adam, I'd be saying, so, so Adam, what do you oh, think, yeah. Adam? Yeah, yeah, right. You know, you know, that kind of thing. He kept doing that with Tom Broker. I said, well, Tom, yeah. I did blah, 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 Tom, yeah. blah, 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 Tom. Hey, we know who he is, okay? <laughs> I mean, or you're forgetting yourself. I mean, I, I just find it extremely annoying. And I hear people doing it all the time. It's a sales trick. But it's an old-fashioned one from the 50s or something that nobody likes. <laughs> well, John, what do you think about this John? I think you did a John. I know my name. You're so right. You are so right. Meanwhile, his face has fallen off. We got a little extra delay on Skype tonight, by the way. Yeah, I figured that out. Yeah. That, which makes the show sound crappy for people out there that don't realize that, you know, sometimes the timing between the two of us in terms of a reaction is because the Skype itself is like, you know, not working right. Not cooperating. But he also had this hair. He had a hair transplant joke. Yeah, that fell pretty flat. And then he kind of went, went dead and then he says, well, I might need one myself. And it was like, I guess a slam against Biden or something. Cause I think, uh, <sighs> you know, the, 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 it was actually not Sarah Palin, but it was Tina Fey. You know, I think that these these characters will start getting mixed up in the public minds. And yeah. Tina Fey, on her fake debate with the <laughs> Joe Biden character on Saturday Night Live, calls him out on his hair plugs. I'm telling you, man, these, guy, I, these guys are so tired, they don't know what they're saying anymore. That's, I mean, and by the way, fire the writer, John, for this, uh, this episode of our reality show known as the Presidential Debates. Fire the writers. They sucked. 
Yeah, definitely. Where's Carl Rove when you need him? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think they're using him. No, I, I don't know if they've, they've got to be using him, and probably... No. He, uh, I don't there, think so. A, I'm, I'm ads, convinced that lot, they're not. Now they're doing all the commercials. They're, they're really laid in really hard and heavy with the commercials. You know, this whole thing I'm about... Not done right. No finesse. No finesse. No. Carl Rove is a master of finesse. Hmm. Do you think they fired him? No, they never hired him. That's the problem. Well, they did some things right. They got a lot of virals. They, you know, that's they're doing really well with that. Um, but it's, it's, something changed. I mean, it was this was bad. Well, it's just. I mean, it's. I think from the beginning, when McCain went into the tank, and then the party, because I had all these. You know, I had this prediction about he was going to be the nominee no matter what, because I think it was promised to him, and I think the party, you know pushed everybody aside in one way, shape, or form, and they they, they left Huckabee in the, the race to make sure Romney couldn't get in. That was the reason that for that. That was the strategy, yeah. And so it was a Huckabee ploy, and so then the next thing you know, you know, McCain sneaks back into the thing, and they got he gets what he was promised probably in 2000 when they screwed him, and I think it was probably Carl Rove who did it back then, which means, and I think McCain is not the type of guy who says, wow, you screwed me good, I'd like you to work for me. I think he's more of the guy who says, you screwed me get out of my face yeah i hope people understand uh, so that, i don't that, think Carl... that, i hope people understand that this is exactly how it works you know and there is all this huge politicking going on behind the scenes and you know people are promised something and you know i heard that uh, that biden uh, he didn't even accept obama's uh you know when they were scoping him out he said first of all he said no i don't want to do that and then he has all these uh, he has like a whole list like a like a rider you know no no uh, red m&ms and all this stuff biden's got a, a whole deal going on hmm the weird thing about Biden that was pointed out to me, you know, and Andrew Horowitz and I do a uh, occasional um, podcast on the mark on the stock market. Yeah, it's good. And uh, which you like, yeah, you I, seem to enjoy. Yeah, I heard the the last one you guys did too. He brought up the fact that Biden's net worth is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's like nothing. How does that work? The guy's been in the Senate for 30 years. If he just bought like a plot of land in Georgetown, you know, when he first got there for whatever you'd pay then, which would be next to nothing. Yeah, it'd be multimillionaire. Um, he'd be a multimillionaire. So how does he end up with a net worth of $250,000 unless he's a complete financial incompetent? Did he vote for the bailout package? It's just, wait a minute. Just, let's, let's go back over this. This is a steady job that pays in six figures. That has lots of perks, free medical, all kinds of other things you get out of it, you, uh, not to mention probably a few stock tips that are worthwhile. And he has a net worth of $250,000. Where did this that information come sense. from? Is this like a, a big thing now everyone's talking about? Well, the people in the financial community, I guess, but it just, nobody's brought it up. Chris Matthews. First I heard of it. Let me see. Or at. Uh... Hold on a second. That's interesting. Well, I, I mean, I heard it on you know, the way Andrew said it when I was listening to the show. Uh, you know, he said it so matter of fact. I'm like, oh, does does everybody uh, 
Everybody know this? Now for tonight's well, big number. Yeah. The lifestyles of the presidential candidates have become the topic du jour this presidential cycle. Senator McCain is still catching fire from the defenders of the little people for saying he didn't know how uh, many Shut up. Owns. And the Republicans continue to paint Obama. <laughs> this guy's an idiot. House as an elitist. Just get to the, the bit already. fit into all this competitive poor-mouthing? Well, last year, the Washington Post did a review of all the assets of all the presidential candidates, including their spouses. Senator Biden estimated net worth, total value after all the mortgages, $100,000 to $150,000. This guy has spent his whole life in public service and says he took a second mortgage on his house to pay for one of his kids' education. That's a big counter to any elitist charges against the new Democratic ticket. The man from Scranton's hundred to 150000 net worth. Tonight's big number. That's even, that's even worse. Wait, 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 wait. That was it. That, wait. Was, that was the whole thing. He paints this as a... He paints this as positive. Yeah, because he's one. Of, he's a regular Joe. Say it ain't so, Joe. He's Joe. Six he's pack. a regular bonehead. I mean, I don't <laughs> care. I mean, yeah. I, I, there are guys working at the steel mill with with better net worth than that. It was MSNBC. NBC. That's why it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. He's a regular guy. He's, got, he's not rich. Unbelievable that they would paint that as a positive thing. Yeah. 30 years and all he can accumulate is 150,000, even though Andrews thinks it's a quarter of a million, but $150,000 net worth being in the Senate for decades, decades. And, you know, having, if you have a, if you you have a car car loan, if you have a car loan, you're even, you're already halfway there. Unbelievable. And the fact that they paint this as a positive thing is even more astonishing to me. It's like it's like it's it's a they should be concerned. They should be kind of shocked and dismayed. They shouldn't think, well, this is great. The guy's broke. He's a bum. Yeah, but John, this is, this is the thing that I keep telling you. It's, we've become such maniacs in this country. We're so all over this Obama-Biden, and we love it, and it's so beautiful. Whenever these guys do something stupid, idiotic, or treasonous, it's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's the hope. He's bringing change. Yeah, but he's lying. Yeah, but there's hope that he's not lying. There's hope. There's hope that he's not lying. Uh, yeah, yeah. What else? What else we got to to uh, to depress the public? I'm actually not depressed. I'm just. No, I'm not depressed either. It's I'm just actually kind of show. entertaining. I just, you know, I the just, stock market is kind of depressing. I think, but well, this, I I'm short. A, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about the stock market. <laughs> I'm short. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, no, I don't care. About I mean, that. as far as I'm concerned, yeah, go down more. I don't care. But uh, you know, there's a lot of these really interesting. Again, I don't want to keep cross promoting, but that's what I do. Uh, <laughs> It pays off, you know that. Hell yeah! But Andrew and I are going to go over and uh, go over some of these uh, financial vehicles. But one of the things that people should know about their four hundred one ks is that with the four hundred one k or any of these, you know, IRAs, SEP IRAs, whatever you want to call them, whatever you have, they are. Uh, and mine's in the tank because I haven't really been paying much attention to it. And this is the, and you can see by the way, there's a couple of things here. One of the, is the collapse of the stock market blew out most people's four hundred one ks, which which is the message that people need to know about privatizing social security. Yes, you exactly. privatize Social Security and you end up with a bunch of people that don't know anything about anything, investing in stocks on losing, tips or losing they got all an their email, money. Yeah. Losing all their money. It's a bad idea. 
And I really am distressed about the Republicans and their, their, their promotion of it because it's extremely irresponsible. Now, the, but, the, it, but people should know this, too. One of the problems you're, you're gonna, is that a lot of people are going to run into that have a really strong 401k or a, or a good, you know, one of these self in doing these investment programs where you do your own investing is is you can't short you can't short the market in the investment portfolio you, it's just illegal it's only it's only you can on buy growth. stock you can buy stock you can buy you know property now there's different ways you can even buy land and put it in there but there are investment vehicles that are actually shorts and uh, they are there are they're called ETFs, the uh, um, exchange traded funds. And in exchange traded fund, you buy it, but the fund itself is shorting a segment of the market that you think is going to go down. Huh. And so you can actually short the market within your 401k by buying exchange traded funds that are shorts. <laughs> It's a great trick. People need to know about this because not now, because I think the market's well, yeah, I don't not think, now and bottom. not ever because it's all going away. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> when the market skyrockets, which will happen after one of these two guys gets elected, which it will, it'll go up again and go up and up and up. And then it's going to go down again because it goes up and it goes down. It goes up, it goes down. Hello. <laughs> but anyway, when it's going down, there's no reason to be long in a bunch of stocks. Look into some of these short-sided, you know, ETFs, yeah. and just short that way. It's a chicken. It's a. It's kind of a, a trick that people should know about. And there's a lot of them, by the way. These ETFs, a bunch of companies put them together. Power Shares is one of the better ones. I thought it was kind of cute that because uh, I remember them hanging this up in uh, in New York near Times Square. The uh, national debt clock clock ran out of digits. That was kind of oh, cute. Oh yeah. Who, who would have thought that? Yeah, we ran that on the blog. Yeah, no, I think everybody did. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a typical human interest piece that throw away, throw away at the end of the uh, at the end of the six o'clock news, you know, to fill up time. I think every man and woman and child or something like that, we all owe eighty thousand dollars or something like uh, that to the national some, debt. Something outrageous. Yeah. Um, thinking anyway, but. Oh, I did just want to say one so thing. How do you, how, you, yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm going to say, how do you, you've been out here for longer than usual. Are you getting sick of it? Oh, hell yeah. The weather, by the way, you caught great weather, great weather. Yeah, weather's been fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm homesick. I told you that. I'm homesick. I want to go home. Uh, but it, it's been really good because we basically started up, you know, the whole uh, production uh, studio. We've got uh, the hosted channels running. Um yeah, it's been good. You know, this is something that we were now was the time to do it and and I wanted to really make sure I was here personally and you know, all these kids, man, at the office, they they figured it out. They got it. So, they're rolling. So my my, my job is done. So you going to take off, I hope soon. <laughs> Thanks. Uh actually, uh, yeah, so I'm uh, midweek I'm I'm going back. Uh, I got a family thing. And then I'm coming back on uh, like the Monday or Tuesday after that because we got uh, a board meeting, and I don't want to miss that. So then I'll be out for oh, a week or the, so. Yeah, no, I'm sorry for interrupting because again the timing's wrong on this connection. But I, I just back to the Obama the McCain thing. I just wanted to say this before. Did you notice they're both left-handed? 
Yes, I did notice that. Isn't that, that, that weird? Is, that is interesting. What are the chances of that, huh? What are the actual statistical chances of two presidential candidates running against each other who are both left-handed? It's just another piece of the puzzle that proves my theory that they are working for the same party. The left-handed, the leftorium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, okay, this, back to your, I'm sorry I interrupted you, because unfortunately I always interrupt you because of this lousy Stupid Skype delay. connection we have, which is weird, since we have a better connection when you're in England. I don't know what it is, man. You know, I, I can call in again, but, you know, why bother? Yeah. It, it kind of works. Let me see, what, how much, uh, what time are we at here? Yeah, we can pretty much wrap it up anytime anyway. Manu, you were saying you were you're enjoying it. You're going to take off for a while. You're going to come back. Right, yeah. Because so, of the board meeting. Yeah, so I would have stayed for another... Because uh, then at the end of the month, uh, the 27th, I think I'm speaking, or I'm on a panel at uh, Digital Hollywood in Los Angeles. And, uh, mm. I, I, you know, n- now that we have uh, the new guy uh, coming in, Jeff Karp, uh, you know, there's some time... You know, to do that kind of stuff, which is also important. Not that I like it, though, honestly. In fact, I kind of what, despise it. flying back and forth and back and forth and back and forth? No, that's not it. It's the, flying I don't, from I, London to I don't like doing conferences and panels and speeches. I, I just don't dig it. Oh, yeah, some people don't like it. So uh, I think the thing that would be annoying is the flying back. London to Los Angeles is a miserable flight. No, I, it's a great flight because I catch up on all my movies. Virgin is really good. They refresh their movies every single month, and uh, and they're pretty current. So they got they got some good studio deals. That's really part part of their offering, and uh, I'm very appreciative of it. So yeah. I watch three movies, you know, I'll read a book, and uh, and then I'm done. And then I'm, you know I'll sleep, I'll eat, and then I've landed, and then I just keep going. So I, I don't need any turnaround time. I just march right on through. Yeah. Well, I actually catch up on my. Uh, I may have a trip to uh, Portugal coming up and i catch up on a lot of movie watching myself and i usually bring if i bring enough reading material i catch up on a bunch of stuff i would have never read the economist is like this magazine i should be reading religiously from cover to cover but i don't have time and i but when i'm on a plane or something i'll have a bunch of them i'll just read them all and even when they're like a month or two old it's the articles are just fascinating although the economist because you know we at one of our earlier shows you told me i should be reading this and, and i do pick it up at uh, every flight as well along with you know i'll pick up Newsweek and Time, you know, depending on what's on the cover. So those are really bullshit, flimsy. They're shadow of their former selves, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but the Economist, what, the Economist, no, the, no, uh, oh. Newsweek and Time. Uh, but the Economist, oh yeah, they're they're dead. They're yeah, dead. They're, they're, they're like comic books. That's how thin they are. You know, it's it's totally nothing. Yeah. Um, but then uh, the Economist, I I got to tell you, there's they do have a lot of fluff in there. You got to really get find the good articles and you know really the main. The main feature because they, they, it fills up with a lot of junk. I think they're good when they get to when they do Africa stuff. Yeah, uh, and I think they're really good with Asia. I think with Europe and the United States, I think you, I think that's where most of the because they're just they don't know what's going on it's like everybody else, and I think they just founder. I'm just uh, looking through the uh, notes here. Uh, that Bill Moyers interview, uh, George Soros was on. I have a note here that says uh, yeah. he was talking about a better world order. So that they've changed the name a little bit now. It's longer new, no longer a new world order. It's a better world order. It's like a marketing speak. 
Well, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, people will love it. Better world order. <laughs> what the hell is that supposed to mean? That means one bank, one government. And, what's the... and repeat after me. I am free. Yeah. I am free. I right. am free. Run by those guys. Yeah. yeah. Run by those guys. Yep. Those guys indeed. Uh, anyway, yeah. well. Now, now, just tell me. This does bother you, right? I mean... You're a. Uh, you were born in nineteen, right after the Second World War. Uh, yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Now, come on. Let's, let's, I just want to ask you a question for a second. So uh, you like I, I was born after the Second World War. Yes. Yeah. So you like I um, really have not ever been in a war situation because, of course, you know the wars that that although continuously ongoing, they really haven't. Well, I guess you witnessed Vietnam a lot closer, but. The times that we're in now, is this like the weirdest time you've ever witnessed throughout history? Has it gone, has it gotten progressively worse? And, and the reason why I asked John, I happened to be looking at, um, John Lennon, an interview, it was like 30 years ago, when he did that, uh, when he was with Yoko and did that Give Peace a Chance. Um, and he did the yeah. Amsterdam Hilton for a week in bed and all that stuff. But this interview, he's like, you know, the, our governments are, are run by maniacs. And they're 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 total lunatics. And he's basically, you know, saying the same stuff I'm saying um, only 35 years ago. And I'm just wondering, has it gotten worse in in your opinion, in your experience? No, it's always been this bad, or what is it? Yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty pretty much like this. Well, the problem is that you have, you know, you have this, like, you know, if you get me going on this again, mm -hmm. my cycle stuff, the problem you run into, and I'm old enough to have gone through one of the cycles, even though it was a, it was a mild cycle, which was the depression that began in 1969, or the stock market crash in 1969, and then a 10-year period of weirdness. You couldn't get, you didn't work for about a year and a half after I graduated from college. And, you know, so throughout the 70s, you ended up with a uh, you know a stag stagflation, and then you had these you know price controls, and then there was a OPEC decided to cut us off from oil, so there were lines in the oil. I mean, it's actually worse in the seventies than it is now, from my perspective. And then you know, then you ended up with Jimmy Carter coming in. He was a complete bonehead, and but of course, he was run by Brzezinski, your buddy, mm -hmm. and uh, you know and the same people that are going to be running Obama's operation. So we're going to have Carter again, as far as I can tell, when if Obama gets in. And uh, you know, the interest rates were like 22%. Oh. If you wanted to get a home loan, you had to pay 22% interest rates. And it was ridiculous. Oh. And so uh, it was a complete disaster. And I think it was much worse during the 70s than it is now. This thing is pretty isolated. It's the financial institutions. It sounds bad. But it's like a lot of people say, hey, I don't have any money in the stock market. What difference does it make to me? The public is not in the market. Their pension funds are, but they can throw the you know bricks at the pension fund managers as opposed to the market itself for that problem. So, no, this is, I think, mild. I think the big one is yet to come. I think a real whopper is around the corner, not tomorrow, not, you know, I'm thinking the end of next year or perhaps a year after. Uh, but this is this is bull. This is so not a big deal if everyone... So what you're what you're saying though this is interesting because you, and actually I learned the whole word stagflation from you I think you, you told you mentioned this word to me before was it ever even mentioned on CNBC um, and uh, even then you could see puzzled looks what is stagflation um, but this this pumping of money and of course it's being printed since we don't actually have it you know they might try and borrow some from somebody but it's doubtful so they're just going to print it doesn't that just by definition means that we're going to get 
uh, inflation, perhaps the hyperinflation you've spoken about previously, which will just devalue our money. And, and luckily, it's uh, it's it's worldwide now, of course, because it's all been harmonized and synchronized, and they're controlling the uh, the money supply manually and and in unison. But won't we get won't we get like well, a super stagflation now? It, and, and and it's not going to happen tomorrow. But won't that happen in the next two years? Well, I, I get the sense because every time one of these economic downturns, a legitimate one takes place, it always has a different form. And I'm a little concerned about the situation we're having now because it's possible we could fall into the abyss like some people like to think that we're doing. And then we you know, just kind of go into a depression without a boom. It would really be annoying because the real problem that I'm looking at in terms of the the, the nature of things is that we had a, a crash uh, a, a kind of a natural crash that took place after this, the dot-com boom, and it was exacerbated by the 9-11 situation, which was which re- resulted yeah. in almost a decade of well, this just is the, this, this, market, shock, this is you know, Naomi Klein's kind of, uh, shock doctrine theory. Is you know you, they keep hitting you with shocks. So first we had, you know, as you say, we had yeah, uh, dot-com, and then we had uh, the real estate, and you know what's next? Infrastructure. That's what's going to happen next. It's all going to be uh, well, privatization of all the roads, the tunnels, the whatever. We're going to get a huge, <laughs> a huge bubble, and that's yeah. and that's going to be the one. And that may be two years. That may be your because uh, you know we need jobs, so let's do infrastructure. All the infrastructure projects are out of money. They all need like, like eighty billion dollars, you know, per state. The states are out of money. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a- you know, anyway, there's a lot of possible scenarios. The thing about big crashes and big downturns, the, they're always different. And so the, you don't know if it's going to be stagflation. I mean, the one thing we've never had in this country, which is, you know, just ripe, because it, it will fix so many things and at the same ki- time cause a lot of problems, which is hyperinflation, which I've talked about before, because then you can pay off. So, yeah, let's give everybody 600. Let's give them a trillion dollars, you know, and, and we'll just they, they'll owe it to us, you know, and then yeah. or, or we'll just take we'll borrow a tr- trillion from the Chinese and then we'll give it to the Wall Street guys and then they owe us and we owe them. And meanwhile, the dollar goes into hyperinflation and that trillion dollars I'm holding, by the way, I have here. I'm going to blog it probably this next week week a 10 million dollar so it says 10 million dollar bill from uh zimbabwe oh you got one good and you know they just they yeah, just made sent me they one just made new one. ones today or yesterday they just made new they had to do it again the zeros wouldn't fit yeah oh. Well, the problem is, is that it's a really funny bill you'll get a kick out of seeing it it's not, it doesn't have i'm looking for a mugabe some Mugabe money with his picture on it. I still haven't gotten that, but I, this, I, I'll mention the guy. I, I have his name. I'll plug him that uh, sent me the bill. But anyway, it says $10 million, and the, I've never seen money like this. This is the funniest thing. It's $10 million, and, it, and it, it's, it's a done, no, it's real note. With a mimeograph? No, no. It's a really well-printed note. It's not cheap crap like, you know, the Confederate money was in the, in, during the, um, that era. It's really a nice little note. Except it's got an expiration date printed on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, your money is past due. The expiration date. Oh, that's fantastic. It's like yeah, this is expired. No longer valid after. Oh, that's great. Best or best before. <laughs> November second. <laughs> you better spend this money, dude, because it's out tomorrow. <laughs> so it's like, oh, brother, uh, that could happen. There's a lot of. You know, I've noticed that our money has changed a lot. Yeah, yesterday. I got some new quarters in change, and um, it yeah. now has Alaska uh, on the back. Uh, do you have any of these? 
Oh, my daughter's collected all of them except Hawaii. And by the way, wait, wait, the one let, thing let, she... let, me, let me just say one thing because she might be able to help us in this. I had so I had a, um, a an older quarter, and it really feels like it's a different weight or a different alloy, or it feels different. It doesn't feel as solid as the older quarter. Has something changed? Oh yeah, they've changed the the composition. They uh, on and off for forever. I mean, they used to even be made with some silver content. It feels uh, cheap. Yeah, it feels cheap, Jack. It is cheap. Yeah, but but the older quarters felt kind of good. Now it feels like cheap ass money, like yeah, guilt. Well, it's, <laughs> guilt. It's <laughs> a little uh, cheaper than it was. You get used to it. So uh, as long as it triggers the the parking meter, that's all you care about. Uh, but yeah, no. Every back of every one, you know, they have every state's got their own, you know, quarter. And just part of an idea, you know, one way of, of like keeping the money, the money, uh, kind of stable is you, you you turn yourself into kind of one of these. Uh, what was the San Martin or some of these, some of these countries that Monaco, some of these countries that produce a lot of uh, commemorative stamps yeah. and uh, and money, commemorative money that people collect. Because everyone has the collecting bug, so you you save it. So instead of putting the money back in circulation, you 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 kind of you know squirrel it away in some sort of a collection that you think is going to become valuable sometime. <laughs> this is a really pretty great idea. Uh, I have heard people bu- buying up uh, gold coins, which have an actual amount of gold in them, and then you know overpaying in their collectibles or whatever. That's oh, it's ridiculous. You you did the right thing. Yeah, the real actual gold. Yeah. Because yep. it's always gonna, you know, there's, there's no, it's a piece of gold. I mean, it's real gold, and you just got a value that's a market value, and it, you just buy it and sell it. Yeah, these coins are a crapshoot. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so I think that's about it. I think we're done. Yeah, I think so. We've covered most of the bases. Yeah, and I think we ran the show up to almost two hours. No, what are we at? Uh, no, hour, uh, we're at uh, 90 minutes. Hour and a half. No. Well, well you know, okay, it, no, no, it took us longer because we had to reconnect a couple times and do all that shit. So that's where we lost the time, but thank God the, the audience didn't get sucked into that. All right, my friend, so I'm, uh, I see you, uh, Monday for dinner. Are you, you in the office Monday? Uh, is it, it's a holiday. Oh, that's right. Huh. No, well, with the studio's running, I know that. Is this a... Yeah, is well, this, I didn't uh, see a note. Is, is this an official company holiday? Is it a national holiday? It's Columbus Day. Day. Columbus it's a Day. national holiday. The mail's not delivered, but no, I... No, wait you know, a minute. This... Didn't they cancel Columbus Day a while ago? Did it no well, longer become... They, uh, I know in Berkeley, it's like Indigenous Peoples Day. Or, I think they they first wanted to call it Screw Columbus Day. Yeah, yeah. Like and, people were saying Columbus wasn't a hero. Fuck him. He was no good. We shouldn't be celebrating. Guy, mean person. <laughs> he, he was not politically correct. Oh no. Oh no. He's a misogynist. He was a slaver. So it would, it would that would be a great day to to pull the grid down. Perfect three day weekend. Hmm. I'm just saying. Timing. Timing. <laughs> Timing is everything. All right. Uh, coming to you from the Curry Condo in Gitmo Nation West, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm in northern Silicon Valley, where it's actually quite nice again this evening. I'm John C. Dvorak. And we'll be back next week from different sides of this Gitmo Nation on No Agenda.